Hey, this is Lucky Yates. Hey there, this is Jimmy Simpson. Hello, this is Brad Sherwood. Hi, this is Claire Coffey. This is Andy Daly. Hey there, this is Kevin Durant. Hi, I'm Chris Barnell. Hey, this is TJ Fines. Hey y'all, this is David Hoffman. You are listening to Next Level Radio. Have fun. It's time for the Showcast. And now, here they are, those pop culture junkies and your hosts, Ben Beck, Adam Gorey, and Steve Richards. All right, welcome into another Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. And tonight's episode, we are chatting with someone we actually had the pleasure of meeting. And once we did, we knew we had to get him on the podcast. And we kind of wanted to before that anyway, but that kind of just reassured it. But uh, So here we are. And uh, from AMC's Comic Book Men, which is actually returning for its sixth season this Sunday at 1240 a.m., welcome to the podcast, Ming Chen. Ming, how's it going, man? What's going on, everybody? Thank you guys very much. It's a huge honor. I know we met, uh, but I love, uh, I love fellow podcasters. Uh, uh, you know, but we're we're all in the same family. Oh yeah, yeah it's man. a sweet community. It's kind of like it's not really competitive, and I think it's because like honestly, I mean, we put out a podcast, you know, once a week on average. Probably it's like a half hour, forty five minutes. There's twenty four hours in a day, so there's no need to compete with other podcasts. Like I think we all just kind of support each other. Yeah, and we all have our, our own uh, unique voices. So you know, it just uh, it's it, and you know, at the end of the day, it's just fun. It's just fun. I oh, love yeah. it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, we uh, I know I had met you at Harrisburg Comic Con. Uh, ben and I met you again at um, Heroes and Villains in, in New York, New Jersey. I know in Harrisburg, we met you actually, uh, I, was, I interviewed Katrina Law before the, the con started. And my wife was with me as, um, she was dressed up as um, Felicity. Felicity Smoke. Oh, yeah. So oh, you yeah. guys uh, came over and chatted <laughs> with us, which is cool. I, uh, I'm a big Emily Bett Rickards fan, so uh, I noticed your, I, you know, no disrespect, but uh, all the respect <laughs> for her cosplay was spot on, man. Oh, yeah. It looks great, but I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of geeky, like, uh, geniuses, shall we say, so... Um, <laughs> Her character in Arrow stands out uh, highly to me personally. I know yeah, you. Absolutely. I know you travel the cons a lot too, and I think she's done a couple. Have you had the opportunity to meet her yet? No, I have not. I've uh, I've met uh, a lot of the other Arrow cast, but uh, yeah, she does a few, but not a lot. So um, I'm I'm hoping that I'll cross paths with her one day. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, um, and I should mention I didn't mention this in the intro, but. Ming was nice enough to join us via Skype, free plug for Skype, and <laughs> you can tell the audio quality is is much better than via phone, so we do appreciate that. Yeah, because I want to be crystal, man. I want everyone to hear, <laughs> hang on every word that we say. <laughs> well, I mean, as well, a fellow podcaster, too, you gotta, you know as well as I do the yeah. the value of Skype and the audio quality that it provides. Yeah, absolutely, and even if you're recording a podcast or, uh, you know, if any, any kids out there listening want to start their own podcast... Uh, invest in good microphones. Uh, I can't stress oh, that enough. You know, yeah, um, you know, you want to podcast on a beat up card table, uh, you know, in a dank basement. <laughs> go ahead, and buy good mics though. Are you, are you are you speaking from experience of a, a a broken down card table, maybe from a certain show that you're on? Uh, absolutely. Um, it's funny. If you um, anybody watches Comic Book Man, uh, um, in between scenes, uh, we cut to a our podcast set, which is on a poker table. Uh, Kevin, me, Mike, Brian, and Walt, and uh, people always come in the stores like, "Wow, where is that? I don't see it here. Is that in the basement or something?" I'm like, no, they actually built the set two doors down from the store, 
but it's modeled after the beat up poker table that you see in the back of the actual comic book <laughs> store where where we record uh, multiple podcasts every week. So that was actually a question I was going to ask too, because I, I was I was wondering that myself. It's been I've been to Secret Stash before, which is where you guys filmed the show, and yeah. it's I've been there. It, it's been years since I've been there, though. I mean, it's uh. God, I think it was right after Dogma was filmed because I remember in a glass case there being a bloody movie statue. Yes, in in the store is that still there? Uh, we auctioned that off. Uh, there was um, there was a period of a few years ago where I think if you remember, I think Kevin was like, "I'm done with filmmaking." Yeah, and he started auctioning off a lot of his props. So that that went. Uh, we we kept a lot of them too, but that one went off in the auction. So somebody has that on their dining room table somewhere as a centerpiece, which is kind of <laughs> cool. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, but it made me wonder, too. It made me curious from watching the show and everything if you guys actually filmed uh, or recorded in the store. But now we know. It, you know, it's a couple blocks down the way or a couple yeah, doors I like down. To, I like to describe it as the uh, – uh, if you watch Wayne's World, they, like, they built their basement, like, on a set. And, you know, Garth is like, I'm looking at our basement, but it's not our basement. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're sort of, that, that's the only uh, – other than that, that's the only, only one kind of, like, Wayne's World, like, Hollywood version um, that we have to deal with. Other than that, uh, you know, the, the store is a working comic book store. Uh, we really work there. If you come in and, and on any weekday, we're all there, uh, except for Brian, who just kind of wanders in and out at his leisure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you watch any other show, uh, you know, there a lot of, a lot of it's, uh, either scripted or, I mean, you can kind of tell that, you know, they're, they're, they're making up situations and stuff. And, um, yeah, I just get to be me. So, yeah, so like all, pawn stars and stuff like that. Yeah, so all that ribbing you see me getting from mainly Walt and Brian, like that's real, man. <laughs> those, those guys have been me grief for uh, tw- it'll be 2016 is remarked the uh, 20th anniversary of me taking crap from Brian and Walt. So. <laughs> the um the recording that you guys do in between scenes um is that always is that available to listen to? Is there usually more to that, or is that pretty much just for the show? Uh, that's pretty much for the show, so we can um, uh, kind of um, expand on what what's going on and uh, you know what what's going on in the show. Uh, but for people who are wondering, you're like, hey, where's that podcast? We want to listen to it. Uh, we I started a um, comic woman companion podcast called The Secret Stash, which you can find on iTunes or SoundCloud or uh, any podcast aggregator, and uh, that's kind of uh, I call it the talking the low rent talking dead of. Comic- <laughs> <laughs> Where it's usually me and Mike, and uh, if there's any guests on the show uh, on that particular episode, or anybody who can ex- who can uh, you know kind of expand on uh, things that people brought in, uh, we do a companion podcast. So uh, definitely worth a listen. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll have to send some people to check that out. I'll check that out myself too. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, with the with the show being in its sixth season, um, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but like, how did how did it kind of come to be? Did someone approach Kevin and Kevin approached you guys or how did that work? Yeah. The original idea was, uh, they were looking for a show to, uh, air between seasons of the walking dead. Um, for some reason they thought the only people watching walking dead were comic book fans. (laughs) So they wanted a comic book based show to keep their interest until, uh, until the next season aired. Um, so they went to King geek himself, Kevin Smith. And they're kind of like, well, what would you do? How would you, you know, you, if you have carte blanche to do uh, a show revolving around comic books, what would you do? And he was just kind of like, you know the show Pawn Stars? Why don't you rip them off? But instead of like, <laughs> instead of like muskets and like um, uh, rep- replicas of the Declaration of Independence, why don't you just focus it around comic books and pop culture and toys? And um, 
AMC was like, wow, that's a great idea. Um, you know, uh, so they brought him on board and uh, that became Comic Book Men. Um, once AMC figured out that people were watching The Walking Dead because it was freaking awesome, uh, they decided <laughs> to put us on after Walking Dead instead of between seasons. And thank God they did that because now we follow the hottest TV show on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there's absolutely. no better lead in. <laughs> So, uh, have you? I mean, Ben mentioned your your um, your con circuit set you do. Have you ever done a Walker Stalker convention? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I started doing Walker Stalker. It's the second one they ever did, and um, I've been doing them ever since. I try to go to every one. Oh yeah, because we were ju- they just had the one out out our way. Um, what a couple weeks ago, Ben. Oh yeah, yeah in, in Oaks. Over in Oaks. Yeah, I, I I love them. I love the Walker Stalker cons. I love all the people who run run it and. Um, uh, I love I love I love the cast members who show up. They're really cool. I think um, a lot of them just have great attitudes. And uh, um, you know, you, uh, I, you know, I've been to cons, uh, you know, from the early days onward to now. Um, you know, along the way, you meet a lot of the people who are there who clearly don't want to be there. Um, I'm not, gonna, <laughs> not gonna name names, but you can some of them you can see they're they're just there for the money. Oh, um, yeah. All all the Walking Dead cast members are you know they make they make a buck as they're entitled to do, but they love being there. They love meeting their fans. So. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a great convention. If you're, if you're any kind of Walking Dead fan, you want to go to that con. And, uh, it looks like they're spreading out, uh, not only all over the U.S., but, uh, they're going international as well. Yeah, so, they're going, yeah, they're London, going to right? London next year. There's a cruise yeah. in March or in yeah. Febu- February or March. I'm not sure. Yeah, Cruises yeah. in general are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mention. <laughs> yeah. But this one, if you want to be stuck in a boat for three days with Norman Reedus, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's and you know, it's funny, too, because Fan Fest is they're the ones that run that con and they also do the yep. heroes and villains con yeah. where we met you. Yep. And I just finally got my foot in the door with them. I at the Walker Stalker and Oaks, I moderated for my first time uh, and I got to moderate. Apparently, what's one of the most challenging people to moderate? And uh, it was Michael Rooker. Oh yeah, we, we're we're brothers, my friend. Uh, I oh I am. Um, the, uh, they asked us to moderate his panel. We were we were given a warning. We we're like, listen, uh-huh. <laughs> this isn't this isn't your normal panel. Uh-huh. This is you know you Ugh. you you might you might come out bruised. Um, <laughs> he may draw blood, and um, it's it's going to be insane. And I'm like, I got this. And then uh, sure enough, he almost threw me through a table. Um, <laughs> there was a self defense demonstration where I was a dummy. <laughs> and um yeah everyone had a great time he god man that's and now i requ- I, I you know i request to moderate his panel i just you know i i you know make sure my health insurance is paid up <laughs> and, um, yeah it's great i don't know if he hit you over the head with the bat um but he god he's such a such a fun panel everyone he, who comes like leaves with something whether it be a bruise or or just a good time yeah i got but, i had my leg grabbed at one point when he was showing something about uh how he saved somebody's life wearing a costume yeah. who was drowning and um and it was it was great because I got the same warning I was told it's very <laughs> unexpected you know he's he he gets very all over the place but um I had a very subdued michael for the first portion for the first actually most of that panel until maybe like the last seven to ten minutes when right, yeah when he just hops off into this crowd with the microphone yep. and just sticks it in people's faces and goes to town. So, but I had an absolute blast and I actually, I think you're going to be attending too. Uh, I got the invite from FanFest to come down and moderate more panels in That's Atlanta great. for uh, heroes and villains in next I'll, month. So I'll be there. Atlanta is one of my favorite cities. So uh, you're, we're going to have a great time. Yeah, man, we'll have to we'll have to grab a drink or something while we're out there. Ab- absolutely. So, but absolutely. I've, I've, I've never been to Atlanta either. So it's uh 
Oh, it's a fun city, my friend. Uh, <laughs> there, uh, there's this place called the Claremont Lounge. Uh, look it up, um, and then uh, thank me later. We uh, hopefully we both wind up there on the same night. There we go. <laughs> That'd be fun. Well, I mean, uh, mentioned how cool Michael Rooker is. Are there any other um, people you've met out at the concert that you've gotten a chance to hung, hang out with and kind of? you know, become friends over the years? Uh, I think Walking Dead-wise, uh, Michael Cudlitz, who plays Abraham, like, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, not only is it about, you know, whiskey and cigars, but, like, he's, like, he's, like, the man, he's, like, a manly dude. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's just a cool guy that, uh, uh I've gotten to know, uh, you know, just by going to cons. And, um, and, uh, yeah, yeah I, you know, I love his Abraham character on Walking Dead, obviously. Absolutely. But him yeah. as a, as a person is just, uh, you know, one of the coolest guys you could ever meet. Um, uh, uh, lately I'm running into Stan Lee. Uh, I think this is, uh, one of his last years for cons. So I'm, I'm, that's, that's one that I'm very fortunate, uh, that I get to, uh, see every so often. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot, just, just a lot of people. Um, uh, I recently met, uh, at, uh, Heroes of Villains Fan Fest, uh, Milo, uh, Ventimiglia. Oh, yeah. Who, um, um, who, who was a great guy. I just saw him, um. He, him and uh, Sean, Sean Astin uh, have been on a couple episodes of uh, Con Men, Con Men with uh, Alan Tudyk from Firefly, which is a fantastic show too. By the yeah, way, yeah, if you haven't watched it, uh, find find access to it. It's not the easiest show to find, but it's all about the convention life and uh, what it's like to be a guest at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a lot of fun to watch too. I know Adam and I. We've uh, yeah, he's actually become a friend of ours through the podcast too. But we're. Uh, we're pretty friendly with Drew Powell from Gotham. Oh yeah, Drew, yeah, Drew Powell, another one of those guys who just gets it, has a great time at cons, and is is just a great guy in general. Like these are the kind of people that you want to you want to meet at conventions. And, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Drew Powell from Gotham is uh, yeah, plays Bill Ch- Butch Gilzean, uh, great, like super great guy. Yeah. Do you and watch he, all the uh, all those uh, DC shows and everything? Yeah, I'm trying to. Some of them I have to catch up. I'm a you know, Arrow, Flash, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm behind on uh, Supergirl. Um, you know, not only uh, not only do I watch them, so I know uh, uh, what all the people that uh, I'm I'm seeing at cons are up to. But now Kevin's directing like episodes yeah, and yeah. everything now, so it's kind of a, and and they're great shows. I love the Flash. I think Arrow's great. Oh God, yeah, Flash uh, is my favorite. I think on TV yeah, right now. Yeah, Agents of Shield. It. It's really great. We we live in a great time, my friends. I'm uh, I'm probably a little older than you guys, but when I was growing up, we had uh, the Incredible Hulk was good with Bill Bixby, and uh, but before that, there was this horrible uh, Spider-Man live-action show, <laughs> which was really bad. Uh, if you haven't seen it, look that one up. And yeah, we just didn't have a lot to watch. It was really it was pretty bad. So yeah. now that we have all these really great, accurate TV shows that are drawing from the comic book storylines as source material and are well-acted and well-funded, it's great. I'm in heaven right now, TV-wise. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and, and I can't keep up. It's hard to keep up, but it's just I feel I'm just so appreciative that these shows are out there now and they're being made by people who get it. This is, this is not comic book related, but have you seen Westworld? I'm just about to watch Westworld, and I think... Um, Based on an old uh, 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 '70s movie of the same name, yeah. yeah. But now with the uh, you know with the 2016 budgets and CGI and technology and storytelling, um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I'm an episode behind, but it's really good. I'm, I'm mean, a fan. I'm completely yeah. Up. I mean, you mentioned how good like the I mean, just TV in general right now is just it's it's hard to watch all the good shows that there are. Yeah, it's great. HBO is killing it. Game of Thrones. Um, oh yeah. yeah we're, we're living in a great time. 
for TV, and uh, it's it's an honor to have like a show on TV that yeah, <laughs> even like like a tenth as much as you know they got them or Game of Thrones. So, um, yeah. so oh, and and kind of in that pop culture world, like it's it's a huge honor. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, how you guys are on after Walking Dead now and everything. And I, I, I have to imagine you're a fan and you watch the show, obviously. Uh, so we're before the the season premiere is getting ready to air right before yeah. you guys premiere. Uh, I'm asking your personal opinion because this isn't a spoiler because nobody yes. knows the answer nope. yet at this point. And, and uh, just to clear, I don't know either. Everyone's been after me. They're like, you know, right? You know, you're in the AMC oh, family. I, like, you know, they, they, they told you, right? I'm like, no, why <laughs> why would they? Why would they tell me? It's so weird. Like I and I read a whole article about how tight they're keeping the security, so no screeners, you know, which is pretty uh, unorthodox. Usually the press gets screeners so they can write early reviews, like no screeners. Uh if you remember last year at the New York Comic Con they did a whole like fan premiere. Um they nixed that, you know, because they didn't yeah. want it to get out. And well, even, even at Walk, even at Walker Stalker in in Oaks this past year, they they would not allow any current cast members to be on any panels or yeah. do any interviews yeah. with press. Yeah, just in case it slipped. Like they're yep. yeah, they had it on lockdown. Um, I think they sent the episode to a select few dubbing houses for the overseas market, and you know they you know they they're like, listen, if you if you leak anything, we're killing you. Like you know, killing <laughs> confidentially you waivers out confidentiality waivers out the ass when they send them to those people. Yeah. So I have no idea to preference that. Um, but that being said, my personal opinion is yeah. they probably followed the path of the comic books. And unfortunately I, I, in my heart, I believe my favorite character, Glenn probably got the other end of the bat. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mixed. Uh, cause I think if they follow the, the show uh, or they follow the comic book, they, cause they nailed Negan in my opinion. Jeffrey oh, yeah. Morgan was perfect for that. And I think if they follow the comic book, Glenn is it. But in, you know, in a recent interview that Norman Reedus said, did on Fallon, you know, he said that people are going to end up kicking their TV because of, you know, the effects of this. And I kind of feel like we're all expecting a death and we're all expecting it for the most part, most of us are probably anticipating it to be Glenn because that's who it is in the comic books. So I kind of feel like the writers almost had to step it up a little bit to right. surprise them. Yeah, so I'm actually believing that it, there's going to be more than one. I yeah, I feel the same way. Now, you know, whether they 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 both meet the the fate of the bat or something else. Uh, yeah, I I, I think uh, I think there'll be more than one death uh, when we tune in on Sunday night. Unfortunately. Yeah. And and unfortunately, the the you mentioned him earlier, but the the running tally for everybody that I talk to, uh, they believe it's going to be Abraham, which I, I would be very disappointed. That would uh, that would be crushing. I will kick my TV. If, <laughs> um, I mean, he has some of the best one liners, uh, you know, from Porch Dick to Bisquick. It's, he's yeah, got I, some of the best one liners yeah, in that show. Yeah, and I know you know uh, you know Rick is a tough guy. Uh, uh, Daryl's a tough guy, but I think Abraham brings that you know that 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 just that pure like kind of manliness to the show, which I I would definitely miss if he uh, if he if he's not there anymore. Yeah, exactly. So um, going back a little bit too, I know I, one of the things that I, I read up about you and. Uh, you never one hundred percent trust anything you read on the internet until you get it right directly from the person. You, from what I from what I read, you're starting with Kevin Smith. You started as a fan. Yes, exactly. Uh, this was way back in uh, 1996. I was uh, just seeing the movie Clerks, and uh, I I was bored one day and uh, made a fan website. And uh, this is back in the very <laughs> early days of the internet. 
Yeah. There weren't that many websites out there. Some guy showed me how to put up a website, and uh, I was really bored, so I created a clerk's fan website. And uh, about a month or two later, he saw it in, a, in an internet cafe when those existed, and he, he found my contact information and gave me a call. Um, told me he had just shot Mallrats. He's about to go into production on Chasing Amy. He was starting his own production company. And he not only wanted a website for himself, but he wanted a means to... He wanted a way to communicate with fans. Mm-hmm. His original idea was to have some kind of chat room, kind of like AOL had back in those days. And I, I, I suggested doing a message board instead. And uh, that's what happened. And he was really one of the first celebrities to interact with his fans. So uh, that's, you know, uh, Kevin's always been just just a little bit ahead of its time. So uh, that message board we had way back then, it looks almost exactly like Reddit does now. So basically, Kevin was doing his own Ask Me Anything, like way back in 1996. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the podcasting thing, he started way back in 2007. So, I mean, almost 10 years ago. So... He's always been ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah I kind of, I kind of mark him along with Chris Hardwick as two of the very early pioneers yep. of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because so, we, I mean, we started in what twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yesterday. So I mean, it, and that was you know even like podcasts were starting to kind of flood the iTunes uh, then, and now it's just like I, I mean, it's it's easy to do, which is kind of cool. Yeah, now we're gods, man. Yeah. <laughs> people, people look up to us, so great. That's got to be really cool, though. I mean, I, I can't imagine uh, being a fan of Kevin's as much as I am, too, and as I'm sure you were back when Clerks came out. Like, I, I can't imagine how it would be, if, if, like, if I got a phone call or, or something from Kevin pertaining to that. So I can't imagine what that was like for you when that happened. Yeah, do you think it was like a prank call or something? Uh, yeah, although uh, I was like, wait a minute, Silent Bob doesn't talk. <laughs> But uh, you know, I've seen it in some interviews. He did have that one line in Clerks, so it, it did. It uh, it was uh, it was definitely him. Um, yeah. back, back then, I think there were two people where I really wanted to meet: um, Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino. Uh, Pulp Fiction had just come out, so uh, you know, I got I got one of them, and later on, I met the other one, so that was cool. Um, the now with uh, with Twitter, and you know, it's pretty easy to get in touch with your favorite director, actor, you know, um, filmmaker, creator of whatever you love. And uh, I, I I notice now um, uh, a lot of these guys will hire their fans to to uh, uh, to to do stuff uh, for them or with them. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to see how that's progressed. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, I've I've been trying to get Kevin for a while, but he's just so busy with everything that he does, and it's we'd love to talk to him one day, but you know, it's it, we're just happy to see the the work that he's putting out because we're still fans. Yeah, he's uh he's a he's a nut. He's a nut for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that flash episode from last season was just spot on. Yeah, probably so, one of my favorite episodes yeah, so far. It might yeah, be my favorite. Yeah, it was uh, entitled "The Good Dinosaur." Uh, yep. I, yeah, I, I I encourage anybody out there to look that one up and watch it. It's a great episode. Uh, I believe he just wrapped on uh, his shooting his second episode of The Flash, and he's moving on to an episode of Supergirl. So. So pretty soon he'll be directing all these comic one and at least an episode of all these uh, comic book based TV shows. Did he do? One, yeah. Did he do one of Arrow or is that yet? Okay. I I I won't be shocked if you see that announcement within a year that uh, he'll be over at uh, you know Starling City, um, not failing <laughs> the city with uh, Oliver Queen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I know. Um, in regards to you had said uh, you got a chance eventually to meet meet uh, Quentin Tarantino. I know. Even on the show, you you know, with comic book men, you guys get to meet a lot of people. I think uh, 
one episode I think I saw Peter Mayhew on. Yep. Um, has there anybody that's come in that you kind of got actually like nervous with when they came in? I, I think most of them I do, but uh, Stan Lee was definitely the big one. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were just kind of when Stan gets here, meet him at the door, bring him in, greet him, and walk him to the back. And and I, yeah, I, I, I that that got me very nervous. I mean, that, that the man is a god. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's created all our favorite characters and and properties, and um, yeah, I just. I, I I didn't know if he would be that guy, you know, that Excelsior, you know, that guy, you know, just having fun, and uh, and he totally was. So that uh, that was totally cool. Anybody from the Star Wars universe, I I get very starstruck around. Just you know, from four years old on, like Star Wars has been my life. Oh so yeah, that uh, that was cool. Uh, yeah, so um, Billy D. Williams came in. Uh, yeah, um, um, Peter Mayhew. We uh, we uh, we've had some pretty cool Star Wars alumni come on. And uh, you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, episode, uh, you were interviewed Katrina Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, thanks to all the conventions that we've attended, uh, we've uh, I got to use my con connections and bring her onto the show as well. So oh, she's cool. uh, she's actually on this season, which made me very happy. She yeah, she's so cool. She's so she nice. Really is. She really is. She is not only one of my favorite people in the world, but I mean, she's just a she's a she's uh, her 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 characters on Arrow and Spartacus. And now on the upcoming training day, uh, they're just fantastic. It's I, I she just she just makes me happy. Yeah, I mean we um so uh, like I yeah I interviewed her at Harrisburg and then she was actually at Heroes and Villains as well and we were on our way. Uh, so you probably know this, but uh, anyone listening, I don't know if we've mentioned it on previous podcasts, but so there's uh there was a hotel next to the um the convention. So we were actually on our way to interview Drew in the lobby of the hotel or in their little like sitting area. And in the little alleyway, we ran into Katrina on the way there. And like, I guess she was friends with Drew. They were talking for a little bit, and she remembered us. And I think that was the first time, Ben, you had met her, but she still gave you a big hug. Yeah, she still gave me like a huge hug <laughs> and, and everything. And then at the end, and before we left, too, we made sure to go over and you know say goodbye to her and everything. And she came out from behind the table, gave us hugs again. And she's just – I'm, I'm so – I've told Adam this before, too, and I think I've admitted this on the podcast before. But she, I'm so smitten with her. <laughs> I think we all are. How can you not be? Yeah, it, I think it, my it, wife is. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Is it like everyone loves her? And uh, yeah, my friends, there is nothing better than a hug from Katrina Law. Let, yeah, let, let me go on record as saying that. So, <laughs> so we we've talked about. I mean, we've talked about a lot of the, um, how good the a lot of the shows are and everything like that, and even the movies, especially uh, with the um, well, DC's hit or miss, but uh, with Marvel, I mean, they've just been killing it. Uh, but I, one thing I wanted to ask you, at least before we um, before we wrap at some point, do you have a uh, a favorite uh, rendition of of comic book, either movie or show, and then a least favorite? Yeah, uh, most favorite probably the first Iron Man. I think they nailed I, they they nailed every note of Iron Man mythology, and they uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. <laughs> he no, really is absolutely. <laughs> there is no doubt about that but they got the suit right they got the movie right they got the the origin story right it was it was it was just every it's almost perfect that first iron man that that put marvel like that put marvel movies really on the map yeah that really elevated it and uh so that's definitely one of my favorite comic book movies least favorite Ooh, that's a good one uh green lantern wasn't that great actually um the fox the most recent fox fantastic four Oh my was god! Absolutely god awful. <laughs> it came up on uh, on an airplane 
uh, movie menu, and I had like three and a half hours to kill, and I'm like, you know what? I'm already tortured here, sitting in a flying. <laughs> How much worse could could it be? And it was it was pretty bad. It, I went it, to um, I had an advanced screening of that because we do film reviews on our website too, yeah. so we get to go to a lot of advanced screenings. And I went to an advanced screening of it. I think it was it was on a Wednesday night when the movie opened on Friday, yeah. and. It was a very limited screening, meaning there was no public. It was just press. And there was right. maybe only 25 of us in the theater. And so we were all spread out among the theater. And the Fox representative who was there said, you know, we'd like to get your thoughts after the movie is over. So stop by and see us. Oh, I did everything I could to avoid that woman at the yeah. end. Because I was always brought up, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't yeah. say anything at all. And yeah, and- that You're right. That movie was god-awful. Yeah, in the end, I mean, they, they, that came out, what, 2015, 2014? In this day and age, there should not be a, any bad comic book movies anymore. It, it, it's just frustrating to fans like us because they, we have, you have the backstories of the characters. You have great storylines to pull from. And if you, as a director, if you want to get really lazy and you don't want to do any work, just you have it all storyboarded for you. Yeah. Just look at the comic book. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's abs- absolutely like lazy filmmaking if you yeah, make stop, a bad one. Stop trying to change the origin. Stop. You know, so, you know what? Stop telling the origin stories. Everyone knows already. Yeah. Go. You know, tell a little flashback or do it. Do it in two minutes, whatever. But quit trying to play around with it so you so you can sell more toys. I like how Deadpool did it. Yeah, Deadpool was. Deadpool is great, man. That's such a good Deadpool, movie. Deadpool, great. and you know Ryan Reynolds, like they had to fight for that version too, which pains me. But thank God they did. Thank oh, yeah. God they they did. And um, yeah, I think Ryan Reynolds had seen what happened with Green Lantern. He was like, "This will never happen again. <laughs> not, on, not on my watch. You want me in there? I'm a fan. I can tell you what I want and how we're gonna do this. And you'll make your money. Yeah. Just, just listen. Just just yeah. We're trying said- to sell toys. Like, I've said it before. I mean, it's uh, like with with Deadpool, they had to make it rated R. It's like yeah. it's it's almost like if you made if you go back to the Wesley Snipes Blade. Like, could you imagine if that movie was like PG thirteen or something? Oh god, yeah. There'd be no blood. There'd be no fight scenes. Would have been awful. Yeah, there'd been nothing. There'd been be nothing. So, uh, I, I'm glad Ryan Reynolds. Uh, you know, I'm glad they stuck to their stuck to their guns, and and it worked out for everybody, and it's going to continue to work out for us. So yeah. I don't know. It was just recently released this morning, actually, and I don't. I don't even know if you've had a chance to see it too. Uh, but another rated R. I did. I know what you're Marvel gonna say. <laughs> movie that's going to be coming out. Not Marvel Studios, but um, I think it's uh, Sony or 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Um. Uh, the new Logan. Yeah. Looks film great. Trailer. I think it looks fantastic. I love that they're going into the old man Logan storyline. Yeah. And I, again, it's another movie that's going to be rated R, and I think. It's going to help the movie. And you had to play Johnny Cash's Hurt with that trailer. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. that that movie trailer had me with the first notes of Hurt. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, uh, you know, the Old Man Logan storyline, if uh, if you haven't read it, I implore you to go to your local comic book store. You can pick up the first trade paperback for, I think, $14.99. It'll be the best 15 bucks you've ever spent. Um and it is great. The movie looks like they're going to base it on that. Uh, they don't have all the rights to all the characters that they use in Old Man Logan. Uh, Hulk and Hawkeye are the two big omissions. But it looks like they're going to come as close as they can with the rights that they have. And um, yeah. it, it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. And the and new uh, Guardians trailer came out this week. Yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> and again, I love uh, how Marvel is taking, you know, little known characters and blowing them up and making them beloved. And, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Guardians and Ant-Man were, were two of the ones I think they knocked out of the park. Yeah, I, I was such a fan of Ant-Man. I, I know it, it didn't yeah, I think it's do underrated. as well as other ones, but I was such a fan of that movie. I think Paul Rudd was perfect well, casting his, for his, that. His appearance, too, in Civil War was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. If, if, that, if all of Ant-Man led up to uh, just just led up to what his role in Civil War, then it was totally worth it. Exactly. So can I just say too? I just this popped into my head and right at the moment too. I, so far, this is already turning into one of my favorite interviews because we're getting to geek out with the guest. It's great, and, isn't it? And then it now, is. oh, and and we got a whole TV show out of it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, we we haven't even dived in, dived into it yet, but. Adam mentions with the DC films, they're kind of hit or miss. What what are your what have your opinions been on those so far? Uh, that's like you got it exactly right. They've been hit and miss. Uh, Batman vs Superman had a lot of great moments, but it wasn't a great movie, and we all wanted it to be a great movie. Um, you know, the the, the battle was great. Uh, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot was amazing. Oh, that was my yeah. Part of the movie, and then you know the, the whole Martha thing. You know, maybe not the best way to go. And uh, you know there, there, you know there are a lot of bones to pick about that movie. So it, it was, in my opinion, it was good, but it wasn't great like we all wanted it to be. Same thing with Suicide Squad. There, there were a lot of weird directions, a lot of weird decisions, and and it's you know these are beloved properties that you and I and a lot of people have been reading for years, We're just waiting for them to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a film franchise. And when they when they don't get it right, it's frustrating. And uh, that being said, though, uh, with the announcement that Jeff Johns has taken over the film division, uh, I think that's going to mark a huge turn in DC movies. Oh, that's going to make things so much better. Yeah. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. I know he was probably a consultant on on Green Lantern, and, you know, I think they were kind of like, hey, you know, the guy who knows everything about Green Lantern has written a lot of great stories is here. If you want to consult him, you know, here's his number, give him a call, and they probably never, you know, obviously they never called him, so now he's in charge. And yeah. I think we're gonna, we're going to see a huge shift in uh, DC and uh, the the DC movie universe. The so, Wonder Woman, the trailer for that when it came out looks phenomenal. Yeah, it, it looks great. Period piece, uh, you know, World War One battles with uh, with Wonder Woman laying waste to, to people. It's it's going to be fantastic. Moving forward, you know, we got Bat, we got another Batman with Ben Affleck. We got the Justice League movie. Uh, I think I think they're, they're you know we got we got so many great characters that Cyborg. We got so many great DC characters. That I think things are things are about to get better, my friends. In in your yeah. opinion, should they have tried to work some of the CWDC guys into the movies? Like one hundred percent, absolutely. I okay. don't know why they're not doing it. Yeah. Uh, one, you're confusing. Listen, people are stupid. I'm not gonna make any bones about it. And and they're people are getting confused. It's like where you know they're gonna be watching Justice League. Like, where's Grant Gustin? Where's you know what? Where you know where where are these? Where are they? Like, you know why not use the same character? He's a great Barry Allen. He's a great Flash. Why not? Why not use him? So I, I'm sure the guy that I can't remember his name, but I'm sure he's great. I think it's Ezra but, Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Yeah, right. yeah, Ezra Miller. I'm sure he's great, but you know they've built in built up uh, you know a couple seasons of the Flash. Why not use him? He's a perfectly capable actor. I agree. He's great 100%. suit. And um, yeah, I, I just don't know why they're not. You know, Marvel's doing it. Marvel's done. Yeah. It. Like, just well, I mean, like it. It's like with Man of Steel. Like I'm, I'll freely admit I wasn't a huge fan of Man of Steel, and yeah. I grew up on Superman, so yeah. I was very disappointed with the film. But then you have Supergirl, and I don't know if you're caught up on it yet. But Supergirl in the season premiere of this second season yeah. did in 40 minutes what so far the films have not been able to do, yeah. and that's reinvigorate my love for Superman. 
Yeah, it's great. And uh, yeah, right. and, and you know, no spoil. Well, spoiler, but they no. they uh, they replicate that that crisis cover, which like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what that's what we need more of. But just the personality and the character of Superman with Tyler Hoechlin playing him in Supergirl, like just brought it all back. And yeah. my love for Superman was renewed with in in forty minutes. Yeah, it's great, and there's no reason why they can't keep on stay on that track. So yeah, exactly. Um, switching gears real quick back to the show, and um, I'm curious about something because I always see all these weird things, you know, coming in and things I've never even heard of and yes. things I've never seen. Has anybody ever brought anything into the show to sell or any anything into the store to sell that you yourself immediately figured you had to have that after it was bought? Yeah, there are a couple of them. Uh, one, I think, was in season three where the G.I. Joe USS Flag aircraft carrier came in. I remember that one, too. Yeah. And uh, I'm an I'm an '80s kid, so that was that was like the one of the first toys to almost cross the $100 mark. That was one of the biggest toys, still one of the biggest toys ever created. It's over seven feet long. Yeah. And and GI Joe, like GI Joe, was like was my life back in 1983 to about 1987. So that was like that was a holy grail. That was like the, it. I wanted that thing so bad. When I was about nine years old, and and with the, with the price point and the amount of space it took off, there was no way my parents were getting it. <laughs> Do you so, imagine how much it would cost today? Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, and even now, uh, so thirty about thirty years later, I finally bought. I, I I bought it, set it up, and I and I love it. Um, finally got it. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't get what you want immediately, but eventually you do get it, which is what I love so much about the show. And uh, yeah, that was. That was definitely one of them. Uh, there are a couple items I buy. I buy this year, which you'll see, which are like like absolutely totally awesome that I'm very proud to own. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil them, but you'll uh, I believe they've made the cuts, so uh, you'll see yeah. that. But definitely that any, I'm, anything GI Joe is right in my wheelhouse. Even if I owned it or I own it now or I did own it back then, like I want I want all of it back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, growing up, so maybe. I'm trying to think when I, how old I was, maybe in like late elementary school or early middle school. My dad actually started to recollect the GI Joes, and like in our one room, there were just like so many GI Joes all on a shelf. Yeah. And they were, I mean, they were out of the box, so it wasn't anything like that. But it was kind of cool to see like how like how huge GI Joe was back then. Yeah, and those GI Joe toys had so much detail. All the characters had carefully written backstories. Like if you look at the vehicles, you can see like steam pipes and like electrical wiring. Yeah, they, they just don't do that anymore, and no. it, it's great. And I, I I loved it as a kid, as a kid, and I and I still continue to love it now. Yeah. Well, I'm trying I'm trying to think back to any toys that I would think from because I'm I'm a little older than Adam. Um, I'm I'm 36, so I don't know uh, how close I am in age to you, Mink. But it's um, there's a couple toys that I remember. Obviously, I remember Castle Grayskull growing oh, yeah. up. Yeah, He-Man, uh, Thund- Thundercats, He-Man. Trans- um, Transformers. There was an old game that I, f- I remember playing when I was younger, and I remember really, really wanting and finally got it. And I was at a convention earlier this year called Too Many Games that was also in Oaks. And I saw somebody actually had it, and I was very tempted to buy it, even though I knew I'd never play it. It would stay in the box. Uh, but it was an old game called Fireball Island. Yes, I remember Fireball Island. I think you that, remember yeah, Fireball yeah, I remember Island. Fireball Island for sure. And um, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Whip. Um, uh, I, I've been known to buy some vintage games myself. Uh, anyone? Uh, there was uh, there's one called Dark Tower with this huge electronic uh, computerized tower in the middle. And um, uh, a couple of years ago, I went on eBay and paid like 200 bucks for it and made all my friends. <laughs> 
like get drunk at a party and play it once. And <laughs> we had the greatest time. Like so, just like old stuff is cool, man. Yeah, stuff is cool. Look, those are the best kind of parties. First off, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get drunk and, and play games. Yeah, and I have a couple of kids now, and you know, I buy them toys, and I'm like, man, this stuff is garbage. Like this. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, back then we had all these little pieces that that get kept getting lost. So you know, when we try to get it now, we want it complete. I mean, it's always a quest for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you was... let them? Do you let them play with your uh, your GI Joe carrier? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let them play. I mean, I'm you know, I'm not you know, they're it, they don't they don't make them that tough anymore, so they're not going to break it. No, that's true. Yeah. Now now everything is like, oh, it's dangerous. It's a choking hazard. We all survived. Oh yeah, yeah. We rode bikes without helmets. You know, yeah. I, I made my own like like ten foot ramps, and you know, we were we were all stuntmen growing up, and uh, it made us tougher. Look, now I have a toddler right now, and I, I honestly I don't know how my parents uh, got me through toddlerhood alive because toddlers oh, are just crazy. Yeah, I think we just you know we fell down, we you know we got bumps and bruises, and we got back up and kept going, and that's. Uh, that's how it should be. Yeah, I may have yeah. hit my head a few times. <laughs> um, well, hey, before we let you go, I do want to give you a chance to talk about um, your podcast with Mike, Isle yeah. Comics, because I know you do that one. Uh, that's prob- that's on iTunes and everything like that. Um, are there any other? Do you do any other podcasts besides that one? Yeah, me and Mike are actually running two of the. There's Iso Comics, uh, which is on Kevin Smith's uh, Smodcast Network, where we talk about pop culture and the weekly comic book releases. We started another one called the Ming and Mike Show, simply called the Ming and Mike Show, where we talk about whatever we want. So uh, you know, we bust each other's balls, and uh, that one's uh, that one's a lot of fun. Uh, look up the Secret Stash podcast, which is the Comic Book Man Companion podcast. If you want a little more uh, in-depth view on um, some of the items and uh, some of the situations that happen on the show, and uh, yeah, those are the three I'm doing weekly now, which is uh, which is plenty, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We we know that feeling all too well. Well, yeah. I, I think we definitely should, uh, Ben. I, di- I think definitely after like Rogue One and Doctor Strange have all been released and everything, I think we should definitely get Ming back on and oh, yeah, absolutely break those down for an episode or something. Yeah. Definitely down. You guys are close. If you guys ever want to come up to the store and record there, uh, oh cool, uh, oh that would be awesome. Yeah, that would yeah. be sweet. Yeah, it'll be um, yeah. Uh, the table's yours, my friends. Awesome. And we also um, – we'll mention it now too. It, it's a plug for it while we're recording, so we'll keep it as part of it. Uh, me and another guy actually do a weekly DC podcast where we break down the five shows, um, which you know, one day we'd have to have you on that as oh, well. I would love to be on there. That's and just and, – and you know, and talk – all these DC shows every week. And, and we also give like comic book recommendations, you know, pertaining to, you know, whatever the storyline is for the week and, and things like that. So you'd, you'd be perfect for that. That's awesome. I look forward to being on there. Yeah. And, and like I said, comic book man comes back to AMC this Sunday at 1240 AM. Is that going to be its normal time? Or is that just because of the extended? No, uh, no, it will be uh, on at midnight after that. So they're doing a two hour, two hour uh, season premiere of walking dead. A ninety-minute Talking Dead, and then we come on right after that. So that'll, uh, but that's only for that that week. Uh, we'll be back on our normal time at midnight on Sundays. Okay, cool. And uh, you can follow Ming on Twitter at MingChen37. Yep. You can follow Comic Book Men at Comic Book Men AMC, and then also the uh, Secret Stash is at the underscore Secret Stash. And if you're ever anywhere near Red Bank, New Jersey, just swing on by the Secret Stash uh, and check out some of their comics. Um, yeah, we'll but- be there. Yeah, Ming, uh, this was a- an absolute blast, and-, and we'll definitely have you back on again sometime and look forward to uh, to seeing you again out at one of the cons. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah thank man. you, and uh, thanks for listening to the showcast. Uh, we'll see you for the next episode. Take care.